How stupid would it be for the Raptors to blow this season with their playoff history? Is this microphone on? Can you hear me? Quit playing! The Raptors are fighting to keep f***ing Kawhi Leonard! This is 416 Basketball, and this is a podcast. I've had an article in the queue for about a week for Hashtag Basketball, but I'm going to step on that now because I just want to talk about these things. And what I want to talk about is the Raptors' playoff potential matchups. Alright, so I'm going to start off with the Wizards. They probably have the least chance of making the playoffs with all the remaining teams in the East with still a, a fraction of hope. I think if the the Wizards ended up playing the Raptors, it would be pretty lopsided. We saw last season... The Raptors had a lesser team than they do now. The Wizards had a better team than they do now. And uh, the Raptors won that series in six games, I believe. So I don't really think the Wizards would have any shot at beating the Raptors. I don't know if the Raptors would sweep the Wizards. I'd kind of lean towards maybe the five-game series where Washington would get one. Obviously, John Wall would not play. He hasn't been playing. He's out for this season. He's going to, I think, miss some of next year as well. They traded Otto Porter, which I think makes them, has made them a lot worse. They did get back Bobby Portis and Jabari Parker. I don't think either of those guys are reliable. Otto Porter, you know, went healthy for them. He was reliable. And I remember when the Randy Whitman Wizards swept the Raptors. That was young Otto Porter doing incredible things against the Raptors. And I think a lot of people just thought of that series as, you know, Paul Pierce, like kind of dunking on us and embarrassing us. But Otto Porter was pretty good in that series, from what I recall. They don't have him anymore, as I mentioned. I don't, I don't think Jabari Parker's good until, like, he's committed to playing defense. And I think he's, he's also got to work on becoming a more efficient, consistent player offensively. Bobby Portis, I think he's a fine backup. But I think, again, consistency, not a thing with him either. And then they dumped Markeith Morris for pretty well nothing. Just try and get under the tax, which is interesting because I remember when Markeith Morris was on the block and like some Raptors fans wanted to trade for him. There was some demand for him. His contract was good at the time and the Wizards got him. It looked like the Wizards were going to be like the top of the, the East for a while, but never panned out. Morris was injured, I believe, leading up to when they traded him. After being bought out by the Pelicans, I believe he's now playing for the Thunder. So the odds I'd give the Raptors in beating the Wizards in a playoff series... And he's just looking at the roster like, yeah, they, they acquired Trevor Ariza. He can do some things. 
Thomas Bryant's looked good at times this season. You know, Jeff Green has killed the Raptors in the playoffs previously. Thomas Sadoransky, he's not bad. Like, I've I've seen him like get close to those triple doubles. He's not he's not great, but like he's not bad. Uh, obviously, Bradley Beal is an All Star, and he's given the Raptors problems in the past. But I have a hard time believing that like Bradley Beal can like carry this team against anybody and win a playoff series. I w- I want to give the Raptors like a really high percentage of beating the Wizards in the playoffs. And I'm going to do it. I'm going to say 90% chance. The reason why it's not 100%, injuries can happen, weird stuff can happen, wonky, bad calls. There, There's un- unexpected things that can come into play, and there's there's always like outlier outcomes. So it's not 100, but 90%. I'd, I'd put significant money down saying the Raptors would beat the Wizards in a series. Moving on to the Orlando Magic. They've played the Raptors well this season. Nikola Vucevic, he is an all-star this season. I think a lot of people have underrated him in the past and are probably still underrate him because he's not what you want the modern center to be, I guess, defensively. Like, he's not this great shot blocker, but he can stretch the floor, hit shots, good rebounder. He's, he's just a good player that you need. You can't just have, like, a a slow, immobile center on because he'll stretch you out. Like, he'll, he'll, he'll do the Kevin Love thing if you aren't respecting him. I don't think he's quite as a good shooter as Kevin Love, but he might be the better player right now, which is interesting. I think against the Raptors, we would, we I think we would struggle to guard him a little bit because Marcus Ole plays defense like he's got cinder blocks tied around his ankles. He uses his hands well, but those feet don't move much they really don't and i don't think serge abaca is very mobile defensively either we've seen him get roasted by kevin love in the past like those dribble drives that somehow kevin love pulls off from the perimeter i I don't get it i really don't so i think vucevic would would give him similar problems and i think he has given him similar problems Looking at the rest of their roster is for the Magic, it's not great. You know, Jonathan Isaac has been playing pretty well lately over the past month or two. Like, his offense has really come to form. He's hitting shots. I think he's always, you know, shown great promise defensively. He's done good things there. For being such a thin guy, he really inserts himself and plays good defense. But, actually, there's no but. Jonathan Isaac's good. DJ Augustine, terrible as a Raptor, but like he's like found ways to be productive. Like everywhere else he's been, he's not a starting level talent. He's he's a good backup point guard. The Magic gotta start him until the whole Fultz thing comes together. But 
he's not a threat. He's he's really not. Um, Evan Fournier, he's really struggled with consistency this season. At his best, he's a pretty decent scorer. At his worst, efficiency is really a problem. Like he has not been consistent. He's not much better than a replacement level player this season. I always think about you know those Raptors killers like the the less known guys and. He could get hot. He could do some things against us, but not overly concerned. Aaron Gordon is a phenomenal dunker, but I really see him as this league average NBA player. He's kind of this guy that like everybody expected to t- make this massive leap or really any kind of leap, and he's made marginal improvements to his game. Um, He's not, like, a bad shooter anymore, but for his physical abilities and athleticism, I think you'd expect him to be a much better defender than he really is, and that really hasn't come into play. He's fine, but I think he's, like, the weak link in the Magic starting lineup, which is which is interesting. Like, they lack shooting and he's kind of like this okay shooter like as i mentioned he's really improved his shooting but they need shooters and gordon doesn't make up for it with his other abilities i I, I don't i don't think like the the lineup works moving on to terrence ross now a lot of people i'm not gonna say a lot of people (laughs) some people think he has a case for for sixth man, I guess. I don't. I really don't. I think there was one game against the Raptors. He was like 2 of 10 from the field. He's had, like I think, since good games against us. He's been productive offensively, I think, always when a shot has fallen. Like, that's never been a thing. Like, when he's hitting shots, he's useful. And I, I'm gonna, I'm on the record for that right here. You have that recording. You can use that against me in a court of law. But he's not a 3 and D player. Since coming to the league, I don't understand it. Like, he's got, he's just been handed that label of, of 3 and D player. And he was okay. I remember playing de- him playing defense his second year with the Raptors. Last year, I think with the Magic, he might have been okay defensively. This season, he plays, like, defense, I don't know, like, once a week or something? He's not a good defensive player. I've always kind of seen him as this incredibly gifted athlete, but he uses that to, like, fool fans into thinking he's good. And I I think he's lazy. I think he hasn't put in the work to really become a good NBA player and in critical moments when you know it really matters he has not been good his playoff career splits 36.4% from the field 29.2% from 3 64% from the line as a shooter how do you shoot under 40% from the field and under 30% from 3 now you could say He's gotten better since then, and I think at the time in the, in the regular season, he was actually 
similar-ish player to what he is now. I think he's gotten a little better, but I don't think he's made a massive leap or anything from what I've seen. Like, in fact, Raptors fans, we remember when he dropped 51 points against the Clippers. We remember that. That was his high point. That was in a Raptors uniform. The Raptors didn't win that game. You know, when it doesn't matter, he can go off. He can do incredible things. But when you need him to come through, is he there? I don't know. I I really don't think so. I think they have good coaching in Steve Clifford. I think he was underrated as coach with the Hornets. You know, they were always like kind of this fringe playoff team. And, you know, struggled to get in a couple of years. They can never really break through. But I always thought those Hornets teams played the Raptors tough. Campbell Walker, he always gave the Raptors problems. So I don't, I don't remember think, you know, Steve Clifford was the problem in Charlotte. And I think he's really helped the Magic this season. Ultimately, I don't think there's enough talent on this Orlando Magic team to push the Raptors in a playoff series. Vucevic, as I mentioned, I think the Raptors may have trouble guarding him. But aside from that, I don't really see it. Like, the Raptors are just more talented across the board. Like, where else could... The Magic potentially beat us if it's not not the center position. And I don't actually know that they would beat us there. You know, when Vucevic isn't in the game, the Raptors, you know, should be better at that at that five spot. But that it would be a fun series, I think, I think, to watch, though. I'd give the Raptors probably an 80% chance of winning that series. Like, the, the Magic aren't the Wizards. They're not the sad, lame team that knows they're done. They're competing. They think they can win. I, I think there's no way we would sweep the Magic. Maybe we'd win in five games, maybe six games. But, yeah, I don't think the, the Magic are beating us in a series. Moving on to another Florida team, the Miami Heat. Goran Dragic, he missed, I think, like half the season with injury. I think people are forgetting he was an all-star last season. I don't think he was deserving of it. I don't even think it was his best season of his career, even though it was his first all-star appearance. But, like, when he's healthy and playing well, he's pretty good. I don't know if he's fully healthy now. He is playing, but... He hasn't really seen he's come back to form completely. He could, and that could cause, you know, some problems for the Raptors, I suppose. He's a very physical player that kind of you is a bit dirty, but that's what it is. His Miami Heat team over the years has played really hard under Eric Spolstra, um, and I think Spolstra is for sure a top-five coach in the league. Maybe even higher. But the problem with this team is, obviously, they lack high-end talent. Like, their best player is probably Josh Richardson, I want to say. He's a good two-way player. I don't think his defense has been quite as good this season. And I remember, I believe at the start of the season, Richardson, he was going off. He was having these monster games. And then the Heat pulled their offer 
of Josh Richardson for Jimmy Butler. Because I remember they were like the favorite, I believe, at the time to land Jimmy Butler. Like, no, Josh Richardson's really good. We're keeping him. And he's kind of regressed to the mean a little bit there. But he's good, but I don't think he's good enough to lead this team in the postseason. Justice Winslow, he's shown flashes. I don't I don't think he's a bust. He obviously hasn't lived up to the hype because, you know, the Celtics, I remember, wanted, I believe, the Hornets to draft him and they would have given up like four four picks to get him. Obviously hasn't lived up to an asset haul like that. But he does some things. He's shown at times to be a good defender, a good playmaker. But I think consistency has been an issue with him. That you know, he has that's the next step that he's gotta to string together I don't know, like ten, twenty games of just being really good and then I don't think he's ever done that in his career. Hassan Whiteside, he's still a good defensive player, but I think he's only really playing twenty five minutes a night. And the bottom has has fallen out on his free throw shooting. Last season, I think he was shooting like 70% from the line. And, you know, that was a good number for him based on his career. This season, his shooting had fallen, I believe, to 43%. Not quite sure what it is now. But, you know, you can't play a guy in crunch time late game minutes. Guy who's shooting under 50%. On the free throw line. You just can't do it. Backup Bam Adebayo. He hasn't made the leap yet. He's been playing well, I think, lately. But I think there was a lot more hype on him last season. He's alright, but not really a threat. Deion Waiters. He's a, a replacement level player. The truthers are stranded on the island. He's just not good. And I think James Johnson, he's just washed. I think whatever injury he had, it, it just it's just kind of ending his career. Kelly Olynyk, he's been shooting much better lately. He struggled for the majority of the season, but he's been a lot better lately. And... Really, like, shooting's all he's got, so he just needs to continue hitting shots. Dwayne Wade, he, he's a Hall of Famer. He, he's going to be one. Really doesn't have it anymore. I believe against the Warriors, he had that crazy shot to win where he first got blocked and got the ball back and just kind of chucked it, and it went in and they won. That's a fluke thing. He's The last time the Raptors played, the Heat in the playoffs. I think Wade played pretty well against us. I think he was hitting threes, which he typically never did over his career. But like, he's not good anymore. It's, it's been it's been a lot more miles since then on him. I think this Miami team is good enough to f- potentially fight their way into the playoffs. They're not they're they're not going to beat anybody. Like, I think Philly beat them last year in the first round of the playoffs. And Philly wasn't good in the in the postseason. Like, they were just not on the ball. And I think they beat the Heat in, like, five games or something. Like, the Heat, 
lack that star power and it's a star driven league in in the NBA. So I'd give the Raptors probably like an eighty five percent chance of beating the Heat in the playoffs. Moving on to the Detroit Pistons. They've already beaten us twice this season. Twice. And both those games came down to the wire. Dwayne Casey celebrating in the first one. That was interesting. And then the second one, the recent one, went into overtime, I believe, and the Raptors lost. I think the Pistons season, I think they started like really strong at the beginning of the year, then went in like this massive slump, and now they're out of it. Andre Drummond, he's been on a tear lately. He's always been a good defender, but what I really find interesting about this Pistons team, they are the worst in the league at guarding the restricted area. It just doesn't translate to this team. It just doesn't. I guess, you know, the team defense is just bad or whatever, but his value on the defensive end doesn't shine through because you can beat them at the rim easily. And that's not their only problem. They traded away Reggie Bullock, who was, you know, he's not a great player, but he was very valuable for them because they didn't have a lot of shooting. I think they felt that they could replace him with Wayne Ellington. And Wayne Ellington hasn't been good for them. He hasn't been good really this season at all. With Miami, he fell out of the rotation. And now with the Pistons, he's just kind of showing those, like, C.J. Miles struggles that Miles showed with the Raptors, just not hitting shots. And when you're, that's what you are, is all you are is a a shooter, and you can't hit shots, shouldn't be playing. So, Blake Griffin, I think probably most of the league hasn't been paying attention to him, but He's having a great season. All-star talent. He is their lead playmaker, though. It's not Reggie Jackson. It's Blake Griffin. And I think that's kind of one of one of the ways this team falls apart. I don't think I don't think Reggie Jackson's bad, but like when the ball's not in his hands, I don't really see see him as a good player because he's not a catch-and-shoot type guy. And also, Reggie Jackson, he's not a good playmaker. So, like, you kind of do have to use Blake Griffin as that guy to create the offense. Reggie Jackson, also not a good defender. So, he just doesn't fit on this team. The, The playmaking is a symptom, but, like, it's shooting. It's ultimately shooting that this team struggles with. The X factors for this team are Luke Kennard and Thon Maker. Kennard has been playing really well lately. Um, I think he had like a really big game where he almost hit all of his shots. But yeah, he would be huge for them if he showed up for the playoffs. Thon Maker has, you know, always typically given the Raptors problems, and we'll see how he's used. We saw when uh, Drummond got in foul trouble in the last game against the Raptors, Maker was getting a lot of minutes, but I don't really see how he, how Maker will play enough to hear the Raptors' problems if Drummond and Blake Griffin aren't in foul trouble. Like, those guys are going to be playing, like, 35 minutes. 
a night. Like there's not there's not a significant role here for Maker. This team is flawed. This Pistons team is flawed. They don't have enough shooting. It the offense just doesn't work well. It and I don't think Dwayne Casey's creative enough to figure this team out in the playoffs. Dwayne Casey's had those creativity issues with the Raptors in the playoffs, and I don't really see how it would get better for him with the Pistons. I I don't see a world in which the Pistons beat the Raptors in a series in the playoffs. Crazy stuff would need to happen. It really would. I'd give the Raptors an 80% chance of winning this series if it comes to fruition. Charlotte Hornets. Now, they're an interesting team. Gamba Walker was a legit all-star. He typically... Over the years, has played really well against the Raptors. The problem there, Charlotte, is he's surrounded by role players. Like Nick Batum, Marvin Williams. Good, decent veteran role players, whatever you want to call them. They're not bad, but they're not good enough. Cody Zeller, he's pretty good. He's pretty good. But none of these guys are going to be able to carry this team for like a five-minute stretch when Kemba's on the bench. You need like to tread water when when your star's on the bench. And I don't see this team really having the talent to be able to do that. The Hornets are really good at not turning the ball over. That's something. They're excellent from the right corner, but struggle from the left. They also tend to struggle to score inside. Jeremy Lamb... I think kind of showed more promise last season uh, when he shot better. I believe this season he's scoring more, but yeah, he's not shooting well for what he is. I think the X factors on this Hornets team are Malik Monk and Miles Bridges. Monk is interesting. He's kind of been cut out of the rotation lately. He's playing like five minutes. I don't know what's going on there. But if he ever brings it together, I think he can. He could be good. Like, Miles Bridges, we've seen, we've seen the flashes really from early now. He's going to be good. I can confidently say Miles Bridges is going to be a good player in this league, but the question is when. Like, I don't think anybody would really be surprised if Malik Monk and Miles Bridges were the best team on this Hornets team in five years. Like, five years from now. I I certainly wouldn't be surprised, but it's how much are you going to get out of them in this playoffs run, assuming they make the playoffs. I don't think it's going to be enough. I think Bridges could potentially be a nice spark plug for them, but they need real secondary, tertiary stars that can kind of do things for them that can take the pressure off Campbell, and I, I just I don't see it. The Hornets, they tend to give up a lot of points from the mid-range and the corners, and I think that's good news for the Raptors. The Raptors typically shoot well from the mid-range, and 
Three-point shooting has been an issue for the Raptors, but if they're getting nice shots from the corners, I don't think it will be an issue. I potentially see Kemba, you know, just going off in like a one or two games where he just drops like 40-plus. But that's like he's not going to be able to, you know, average 40 points a game in the playoffs. He's not going to be able to do that. And because of that, I'd give the Raptors about like an 85% chance of beating the Hornets, I think. But I, I don't think there's any way, though, that the Raptors would sweep the Hornets. I think just Kemba's too good and has too much pride to not have like at least one monster game. But it's like five or six games. That's what, that's what it would be. All right, so moving on to... A good record-wise currently team in the Indiana Pacers. Obviously, the elephant in the room for them is Victor Oladipo is out. They're surprisingly a good shooting team. And by no means is this roster bad. I think they just have a a lot of these like B-plus level players. And... I think being, you know, pretty good is what they've been in the regular season. I don't think it's going to be good enough in the playoffs. Nate McMillan, I think he's coached this team well. He's got his team to really slow down the game and play physical. And that's worked to their advantage. Miles Turner, he's been a beast defensively this season. He may make an all-defensive team. He probably, he probably deserves it. Thad Young, I, I I really like Thad Young. I think a lot of people are starting to appreciate Thad Young. He's like almost as impactful as like an Al Horford. And like how Al Horford's been like glorified for so long. Now that, that's an important role. Doing the dirty work, being, you know, this really good glue guy, I think, I think is, is big. But, you know, you, you look look at the rest of the roster. Sabonis, he's a good, offensive, efficient big man. Boyan Bogdanovich, he's, become, he's becoming more of a scorer than just a three-point shooter, a three-point specialist. But, like, who's the guy that takes over for this team? Who's that guy? Without Ol- Oladipo was that guy. Oladipo was the guy that pushed the Cavs last year to seven games. They don't really have a guy that's, that's going to be able to take over and push push someone in the playoffs. Darren Collison, he's an elite backup point guard. But he's obviously like this below average starter. It's not his fault. Corey Joseph... He hasn't been great. I feel like he's been disappointing. He has the odd good game, but he's been disappointing. Obviously, not as disappointing, though, as Tyreek Evans, who's just been terrible this season. After having a good season with Memphis, just putting up hollow numbers, he's just been been, been bad. Really bad, inefficient, doesn't play defense. He's, he's bad. Wes Matthews, I feel like he's delivered good early returns to the Pacers, but he's not... He's not a number one option. He's not a number two option. I don't even know if he's a number three option. I don't think so. Not on a playoff team. 
I think if the Pacers play the Raptors, they're going to get worn down by Pascal Siakam and Kawhi Leonard. That's just going to knock them, knock them on their ass and wear them down. I'd probably give them a better chance at beating the Raptors than the other teams I've mentioned so far. I think they definitely would win one game against the Raptors, maybe two. I think they they could probably push it to two if they really fight and play hard. But I I feel like there'd be like three games where they just look like they weren't in it. I don't know, double digit or something. I think it would kind of go down like how the the, the Raptors-Wizards series played out last year. Where it's like, yeah, it was six games, I believe, but like... You knew the Wizards weren't winning that series. We could pretty much figure, you know, the Pacers aren't going to win this series. I'd give the Raptors maybe a 75% chance of winning. Wonky stuff would have to happen, but it's like it's not impossible, but it's, it's unlikely the Pacers would win. I honestly think no matter who the Pacers play, they probably aren't getting out of the first round. I don't, I don't, that's not a hot take. It really isn't. I think most people probably have that belief by now. Brooklyn Nets, I think if they played uh, the Pacers in that first round, I think they're a team that would be able to beat them. Now, the Nets have cooled off a lot lately. They're not even a shoo-in to make the playoffs now. But on the season, they've made a massive leap. Like last year, they showed they could be competitive in games. And this season, they've been, until recently, they they were stringing together wins. I think Kenny Atkinson, he's an elite coach in this league. For what he's gotten out of this roster, for sure. D'Angelo Russell, I think he's still not a great defender. He's, I don't even think he's a good defender. But his, his offensive ability was enough to get him in the All-Star game this season. Kind of that, that, that what I like to describe as like a fringe all-star. He's a guy who can get really hot. And I think we saw it. At least, it, it was at least once, but maybe a second time. There was like the first quarter of a game where he just went bananas. Just hitting shot after shot. So like that, that's a bit of a threat. Speaking of a guy who can hit shot after shot. Joe Harris, we've seen him do it against the Raptors this season. He won the three-point contest in the All-Star. He's the best three-point specialist. He's a real threat. Obviously not a star, but you gotta you gotta watch out for him. Guy, you got another guy you gotta watch out for for is Jared Allen. He's a fearless defender. He's going for blocks against every star and superstar in the league. He's trying to block everybody. He, he can give. He can give you problems. Karis Levert. He missed the majority of the season. He looked great out of the gate this season until he got injured, and he's recently been back and hasn't looked that, at that level. I think he's slowly coming back to form. But look at the start of the season. D'Angelo Russell was not the Nets' best player. It was Karis Levert, and you talk about Karis Levert bringing everything back to that level, suddenly, you know, Russell, Levert, this team might be able to do something. If he can get back, playing how he did at the start of the season, for sure. 
Ed Davis, former Raptor. You know, he was a good rebounder for us. He's been a good rebounder for, like, every team he's played for. He's a pretty good backup. Rondé Hollis-Jefferson and Alan Crabb. They've both been bad. They've struggled really hard for the Nets this season. I think both of them have dealt with injuries, but I think, like, the Nets were hoping for a lot more out of Hollis-Jefferson. And they just haven't gotten it. Like, this might be, like, the worst season of his career. If the Nets can get, like, anything out of Crabbe or Hollis Jefferson, I think that would be a major plus for them. Spencer Dinwiddie, I really see him as this higher usage Fred Van Fleet. This good, you know, vacuum player that can make things happen for himself. Like, the rest of this roster is not great. It's really not great. I think where the Raptors may be able to exploit the Nets is in the paint outside of that restricted area because I think the Nets are like one of the worst teams. I think they're the worst team at guarding that painted area outside the restricted. Nobody should sleep on the Nets. Nobody. No matter who plays them in the first round, the Nets are going to, if they're in the playoffs, if they are in, in that first round playing somebody, they're going to give everybody a hard time. But I, I don't really see that the Nets are going to knock out someone other than like maybe the Pacers. As I mentioned, I think they, they probably could knock out the Pacers. But they're not. I don't see them knocking out you know Milwaukee, us, Boston. Like the, It's not happening. I just don't see it. I think they could, they could really grind it against us. I probably went went low on the Raptors' win probability here. I have at 65%. If the Raptors are sleeping and playing how we've seen them play, like just treating uh, the regular season like practices or the, however, that's how I think believe how Kawhi Leonard referred to the, as a regular season. If we're doing that, I think that's the Nets' path because they play hard. They play hard for 48 minutes. You you can't sleepwalk through a game against them. You actually have to play it. I think we would probably beat the Nets in like six games. I want to say. Unless the Raptors like take things to the next level and really, really optimize things. Philly. All right. This is where things start to get. A little more interesting. I think I think everybody's on board with in terms of talent, the Sixers probably have the best starting lineup in the East. Like sheer talent, vacuum, that kind of thing, but they gotta piece it together. Like just on paper, that's not good enough. You actually have to deliver um they haven't, I think the, like, when they acquired Jimmy Butler, it's like, everyone's like, oh, Philly's now the best team in the East, and like, that really didn't happen. Like, it it hasn't been a smooth integration process, and now they have to figure out how to integrate Tobias Harris. Like, Tobias Harris, good shooter, good, good player. I view him as a fringe all-star. I think he's really good, but they need a piece of this thing together. He had a vacuum. Harris, excellent scorer. 
this this stretch four everyone wants to have in the league? That's him. That's him. But it's how do you make this team work? How do you build this chemistry? Like JJ Redick, he's been terrible lately. Just utterly terrible. He's over his career been this great three point specialist. He's playing with more floor spacers now. Like, what's the problem? How is this not working? Brett Brown really has to start doing some work. Ben Simmons, he gets a lot of flack for not shooting jumpers. But he's a good playmaker. He's a good rebounder. He's a good defender. The problem for him is the Raptors have have had a lot of success trapping him and creating turnovers. This is what's happened. He's their secondary star and then their primary star, Joel Embiid. Embiid? He's now dealt with an injury, more injuries this season. He's one of the best two-way centers in the league. I think the Raptors, though, have succeeded, though, in matchups against him. They're able to match his production. Now, we'll see if that's the same with Gasol, but I'm, I don't really see how Gasol is going to hurt us somehow make the matchup worse. I, I really don't see it, but I I really believe the 76ers put it all to be get, all together. They could be good as the Bucks. I don't think they're going to do it though. The, the the injuries that's taking away time. They could be to be putting it together. Um, and last last playoffs, Brett Brown, he looked in over his head against the Celtics. That team blew multiple games in the final minutes to the Celtics. Everyone wants to talk about like how the Raptors always choke. Whatever. This Philly team legit choked in the final minutes of games against the Celtics. I don't know if that's lack of a, a, a playoff experience because, you know, Simmons and B first time hanging in the playoffs, but Brett Brown, like, yeah, I don't think he's a good coach. I really don't. This team is really talented, and like adding Jimmy Butler didn't seem to make them better. Adding now Tobias Harris, we'll see. Like, is it making them better? I don't know. I really don't know. Like, I think they would have a reasonable chance of being really competitive with the Raptors. I don't think it's a done deal that the Raptors would beat Philly. I don't think it is. At all, I think the Raptors with their home court advantage. I think that pushes the needle in our direction. I give the Raptors about a sixty percent chance of beating Philly. I think some Raptors fans would want to go higher. I did say like sixty-five percent on Brooklyn, and I'm kind of regretting that. Um, so I, I got to go higher on Philly, but I think we win. I think. I think it goes at least six, probably seven. I I don't think, I feel like Philly, they're just, talent-wise, they're too good to, like, not stretch out a series. So, I think it would it would be tough, it would be physical, it'd be a lot of trash-talking from Embiid. I think ultimately the Raptors would win, but this this second round, or whenever we will play them, like, it's it's not, it's not easy. It's not easy. I don't think it would be easy. And someone else who it's definitely not easy against is the Boston Celtics. 
Boston's, I believe we're now two and two uh, against Boston this season. Should be we should be three and one because you know that game where Danny Green fouled out. That was BS. That was utter BS. Those fourth and fifth fouls, they weren't fouls. They were not fouls. The Raptors win that game in regulation if Danny Green is still in the game. He was the only one that could guard Kyrie. I think Kyrie went off for like 40-something in that game. I believe that was the second time we played them. But yeah, we should have won the, won the regular season series 3-1. It's 2-2. Doesn't really matter. I think when it comes to playing the Celtics, it's all about matchups. And I think people think of the Celtics like this very switchable team that can match up against anybody. And I think they can match up against a lot of teams. Like Marcus Smart, great defender. He's not big enough to guard Kawhi Leonard. He's, I want to say he's their best. Marcus Smart's the best Celtics defender. He probably is. Alpha Horford's another one of their great defenders. But, like, he's not guarding Kawhi Leonard away from the rim. That's just not happening. He can't. He's not going to be able to chase Kawhi around the floor. So who does that leave that they can put on Kawhi? Marcus Morris, Gordon Hayward, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum? Mo- Morris and Hayward, like, I don't think have been good defensively this season. I really don't think so. Tatum is a decent defender. He needs to put his energy into into his offense, though. Like, this Celtics team needs that offense from him. If he's guarding Kawhi, that's killing all his energy. Like, he's not going to be able to put up numbers offensively if he's if that's his focus. So I don't, I don't think they'd actually want to put Tatum on Kawhi. I think that kind of leaves Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown has not been good offensively. For the Celtics this season. He could be a good defender. I don't see him shutting down Kawhi. Could give him some problems. I could see like in one game. Where like Kawhi having a little bit off night. Jalen like getting in there. Giving him some problems. But ultimately I don't think he's good enough. To like over four games. To really take Kawhi out of it. And that's what the Celtics I think would need. I think you know. How the Raptors would compete with the Celtics is match their physical style of defense. Kyrie Irving is clearly their best player. Clearly. Like, oh, this all their... They're better without Kyrie or whatever. Defensively, yes. But, like, their offense is not good without him. So, yeah, they need him. As I mentioned, you know, Danny Green, he probably has to be the guy... Guarding Kyrie, I don't think Lowry can guard Kyrie because Lowry is a good defender when it comes to like establishing position, this like straight line defender. But like when you when the guard is like zigzagging horizontally across the floor, I I don't think Lowry has like the stamina to chase Kyrie like that. I think Kawhi, if needed, he could definitely guard Kyrie. I think. You know, obviously Kawhi, I don't think, is as fast as Kyrie, but I think he could just use his physical size to, like, cut him off, like, cut those angles off and really force Kyrie into some tougher shots. Uh, The Celtics did beat the Warriors badly lately. 
You know, we, we swept the Warriors. Teams are beating the Warriors. Like my the Miami Heat beat the Warriors. I think I think the Magic also beat the Warriors, if I'm not mistaken. I don't remember, but that you can't you can't just like oh the Celtics are are ready and because of that I, I don't buy that the chaos has been surrounding this team all season they're typically well disciplined on the court they don't turn the ball over they score from a variety of spots but I think ultimately I think if the Raptors can hold Kyrie Irving in check it's just over for the Celtics it's over Danny Green can guard him Kawhi if needed as I mentioned can guard him. Where else are they bringing enough offense? You know, is Tatum going to make this massive leap come playoff time? Like, he was good last playoffs. He hasn't made the leap in the regular season this year. I don't, I don't really, I don't really see it. And for the Raptors, they have to be playing at the top of their game to beat this Celtics team, because that's where I worry. That's, that's definitely a concern for me. Like when the Raptors, you know, in the, I believe it was in the, in the first game against the Celtics this season. I think they were bad in the fourth quarter. The Celtics weren't great either. But the Raptors really turned around that fourth quarter and just flat out dominated the Celtics on both ends of the ball. I think they also played really well against them in the, that, that fourth final regular season meeting against the Celtics. But that's what it takes. The Celtics aren't the threat to the Raptors. The Raptors are a threat to the Raptors. If they're not optimizing everything and playing at at their peak, you're losing because of yourself. And that's what I worry about. We've seen we've seen issues crop up this season. The Raptors, like for the majority of the season, they haven't played at their peak. So that's why I'm only giving the Raptors a 55% chance of of beating the Boston Celtics in a playoff series. Celtics play tough and physical. If you're not on your game, it's it's going to be rough. I want us to win. I think we can win, but the margin of error is slim. Talking about slim margins of error, if the Raptors are playing the Milwaukee Bucks, then we're going to have to have the slimmest margin of error. They're the best team in the East by record. Right now, and and I think what people don't really realize, Giannis was good last year. Let's let's not forget that. Like, there's an argument for the best player in the East. Okay, I don't buy though into the the MVP on him. He's finishing a lot better this season. Like his field goal percentage has gone up a lot. But the rest of his game, I think, has just been better as a product of the team playing better. I don't think it's it's him. I think it's just like this team is now playing at their ceiling under a good coach and a bud. But I don't know. I don't. I don't see it. I don't see the MVP on this. He he's a superstar, two way superstar. No question about it. They haven't won a playoff series with him yet. I think it's fair to assume that will change this season. But how can we assume they're just going to skate through the finals? It seems ludicrous to me. Like, this team, they were built in a lab around Giannis. Like, they have great volume 
three-point shooters in Brooke Lopez, Nikola Mirotic, Chris Middleton. And Middleton, yeah, he exploded last playoffs. He could be more than a role player. Uh, Eric Bledsoe was really bad in the playoffs last year. He can create for himself a decent amount. He's also a decent defender. But I don't really see him as being able to take over in big moments. He hasn't been in a high leverage situations in his career with the Suns. You know, those teams were always really bad. So he doesn't really have like the playoff, much playoff experience. As I mentioned last year, he wasn't good. The Bucks are also deep with capable bench players in DJ Wilson, Sterling Brown, George Hill, Dante DiVincenzo, and Tony Snell. Snell, we know him as always giving the Raptors problems. Just one of those Raptors killers. But I think he was over in... I think he was in over his head as a starter in a reduced role. I don't think he's the weak link anymore. George Hill... I think we forget about George Hill. In a Pacers uniform, he put the clamps on Kyle Lowry in the playoffs. That's stuck in my mind. That's there. But now George Hill... He's a shell of his former self, but like I don't know, he could he could he could still do something in a couple of games maybe. Vincenzo, I don't know if he's returned from injury yet, but I remember there's one game he played really well against the Raptors this season, but they're probably not going to unleash him in the playoffs. DJ Wilson, he's been a pleasant surprise. He definitely gives the Bucks shooting off the bench. So, can't forget about him. Sterling Brown? He's kind of like this energy guy like early career Norman Powell. You know, he's not gonna not gonna kill us, but he could be a momentum changer for the Bucks. And, like, in a playoff series, those kinds of things matter. They really do. Like, Norman Powell, momentum, has momentum changed, like, a bunch of series and really pushed the Raptors. You, you gotta pay attention to to a guy like that. But ultimately, I think the biggest X factor for the Milwaukee Bucks is former Rookie of the Year Malcolm Brogdon. I think a lot of people forget he was Rookie of the Year because he was a second round pick. And I want to say, you know, I think that was a season Embiid only played thirty something games or something. Embiid should have won won Rookie of the Year that season, but. Anyways, Brogdon resides in the 50-40-90 club. 50-40-90! Come on! He's really good! He's not a high-volume three-point shooter. He doesn't draw a lot of fouls. But that's not to say he can't. He doesn't seem afraid of high-leverage situations in crunch time. I always see him stepping it up. I always. He is scary. Unlike Eric Blitzer. The Milwaukee Bucks are, I'd say, one of the best coach teams in the league. Whoever they brought in as coach was going to be better than Jason Kidd or Joe Prunty. It was whoever. It, it didn't matter. Bud, I think, has surpassed any and all expectations for this team. I don't think anybody going into the season thought they'd be the best in the East. I think a lot of people thought they'd be a lot better, and they got a lot of buzz heading into the season, like, oh, maybe they're the fourth best team in the East, but 
they're really fi- they really figured it out, and much credit to them. And the real concern I have for the Bucks, I have with the Bucks, is the Raptors have a history of struggling to know how to guard a team with an athletic superstar. Just one of these freaks. LeBron, we would always sell out sending two, three guys at him and just get burned by role players. We can't do that against Giannis. We really can't. They have much better shooting than like the Cavs had. So... It's going to be over. You, you send two, three guys at Giannis, that, that will not work. It won't. And there's no reason to consider doing that. Like, yeah, Giannis is this huge threat. You know you know who the Raptors have on their roster this season? Kawhi Leonard! He's one of the best defenders in the league. We haven't really put him on Giannis this season, but we definitely should in the playoffs. One-on-one defend. Giannis with Kawhi for sure. You don't gotta send more guys. I think you look at this Bucks team and where their threat is like you look at the numbers, they're like a team embodiment of a rim protector. Last I looked they were blocking like five point nine shots a game while only allowing teams to shoot fifty seven point fifty seven percent well from the restricted area. I think they, last I looked, they led the league in rebounds per game. It was at 48.9 at the time. For the, for the Raptors to really exploit the Bucks defensive holes, we need to attack from the corners of the mid-range. In a game where we beat the Bucks this season, they're kind of really zoning up on us, and we were just draining threes. So, like, stretching it out and hitting shots, that's what we got to do against them. They're not going to respect our shooters. You got to hit shots then. That's just how it works. The Raptors definitely have the talent to compete with the Bucks, But my real concern is whether they'll be able to optimize it in time for the playoffs, in time for a series against the Bucks. It's tough. It's tough. The Raptors have shown a lot of issues that they still need to iron out. And that's why I only give us like a 45% chance against the Bucks in a playoff series. The Raptors have won a lot of games this season. They haven't played well on a lot of them, though. You can't phone in games come playoff time. You just can't do it. You can't do it. Kyle Lowry's playmaking, you forget, but like, it's made a massive jump this season. His defense is good. It's good. He's still drawing charges. His shot selection won't matter. We saw him have a massive slump this season, which worried a lot of people. He can't be doing those, like, pull-up threes with a full shot clock. I I just don't want to see that. And that's where a three-point shooting comes in for this team. It's been a weakness. It's been a weakness and it's crucial that the Raptors figure that out. Like, Danny Green is our best three-point shooter. We gotta be getting him looks. He's gotta be draining shots. I I have trust he will do it. I have trust. Danny's also really good defensively. 
and we kind of really see how he's been this plus minus god for the Raptors because he's put those two things together three point shooting and defense three and D now that's a guy you can label three and D because he does it and the Raptors don't have another guy that's reliable like that on the roster what I've kind of liked from the Raptors this season is they've been able to work through a broken play with Pascal Siakam. He'll just use his speed to, to get to the basket. They'll just do it. Get that lay in. Like, he can do it. And then Serge was having a resurgence this season. He hasn't worked, though, off the bench. It just hasn't worked. And you gotta start him, start him. This isn't... Like, I think people... I don't know. I think people want, like, Marcus Hull to get, like, all these center minutes. Because they want to justify the trade. They wanted to put up the box score numbers better than Jonas Valanciunas. They want, like, like so the casual fan believes that the Raptors won that trade. That's not what it's about. It really isn't. I don't care. I just want the Raptors to win. Like, does it matter if, you know, Marcus Ole is playing 20 minutes? He's playing 25? He's playing 30? No, it really doesn't. I, what matters is optimizing this offense. And I think that probably is with Serge starting, Mark coming off the bench. Maybe Marcus Gasol ends up playing more minutes than Serge. Maybe Marcus Gasol plays 26, 28 minutes but comes off the bench. That can happen. Because I think, if I do not, if I recall correctly, I think Siakam, early in his career, I think in his rookie season, he was starting for the Raptors, but Patrick Patterson was getting the lion's share of those power forward minutes so you can do it the bench guy can get more minutes you can do it but it's it's about optimizing it's about making this thing work because like the bench doesn't work the bench struggles to score at times marcus hole brings playmaking yeah and he does a lot of the same things surge does you know he's good he's good from the mid-range he can defend i i think it's it's a luxury that you can do this. Like, this isn't a situation where it's like, we have Bebe, and Bebe's going to get minutes. Like, it's not one of those situations. We have two good players here in Serge Ibaka and Marcus Ole. Do what makes the team the best. It's not hard. And then, like, let's say let's say Marcus Ole is really hot, and you want, you want to start him one game? Okay, ride that. If it's so, as soon as it stops working, switch back. Like it's something you don't have to commit to. I don't think. Ultimately, why I believe in this team more than any other Raptors team we've had is a player named Kawhi Leonard. It has to be. It has to be. Finally, having this two-way superstar that 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 changes things. How many teams have won, are like the Detroit Pistons that have won a title without like a legitimate superstar and just like are play great as a team? That that doesn't happen often. So having Kawhi Leonard, I think a lot of people underrate how a superstar like him can elevate a team in the playoffs. And we we've watched Kawhi Leonard this season. Just go through defenders with brute force. And he's, he's shown the ability 
to shut down good players. He has that defensive ability. Also this season, Kawhi's done a good job out battling guys on the boards. And, you know, rebounding at times has been an issue for the Raptors because, you know, I remember when Jonas Valanciunas was out, that's been a thing over the years, the rebounding. And Kawhi getting in there, getting getting on the glass, I think, that definitely helps. I think the Raptors can get to the finals. But they have to figure everything out. They have to figure how how to effectively use all this talent. Like, it doesn't make sense. I keep coming back to this. Yeah, three-point shooters in Danny Green and Kawhi Leonard. And the, the three-point shooting got worse this season. Like, I, I don't understand that. I really don't. And then the bench. You go from the best bench in the league to, like, mediocre, not a good bench. Like, what's going on? These are things Nick Nurse has to figure out. And, you know, he's a, he's a first-year head coach, so I think he definitely deserves criticism because we're deep in the season. Bench still sucks, and three-point shooting has not been there. So I think the criticism is warranted, but at the same time, you know, first-year head coach... Handed the keys to a Lamborghini, as Nurse described at the beginning of the season. Like, he knows he has to step up, but he's learning on the job. And we'll see. We'll see. I don't think he was the right hire, but for a contending team, for a rebuilding team, would have been fine. But we'll see. I think if we get to that... Dominant play we've seen at rare times this season. Like I mentioned against the Celtics, we had won that one game against the Bucks. I think if we get to that level, yeah, we can beat anybody in the East. But it's getting that level and sustaining at that level. And I think we're going to win a first round series. That's not a concern. Second round gets tough. Gets tough. I think we're probably going to end up be playing Boston or Philly in that second round. And that's not a given that we win that. It really isn't. So you got I think you gotta get through two of the three two of the three in Boston, Philly, and Milwaukee. Like we're, we're, I think we're gonna have to beat two of those teams to advance to the finals. I think the odds are probably against that. That's just where I think where we are at this point. I think we'll beat one of those teams, one of those elite, elite Eastern teams, but pulling it together for two, I think the Rams have a lot of work ahead of them to get to that level. We shall see. It'll be interesting. Playoffs will certainly be stressful. The Raptors are about to clinch. The playoff berth. I'm looking forward to this. This has been 416 Basketball. Thanks for listening.